When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're talking NFL with Mike and Mike. No, not that Mike and Mike, but nonetheless, two Mikes are going to join us to talk NFL, that and so much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by La Touraine Watches. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We are live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And of course, we want to welcome in our listeners from Unhinged Radio. Thank you for tuning in today as well. It is always a good idea to have a classic watch on hand, something that can look fantastic with a suit or just as great getting muddy on the shooting range. The Navigator Flagger Style Pilot Watch is the gold standard of functional classics. If you want to stand out from the crowd, this is the watch that you need. Boasting rugged stainless steel construction in a size that fits most wrists, the Navigator is ready for your next adventure. And you can find the Navigator watch through Law Terrain Watches. All Law Terrain Watches are backed with an international 24-month warranty to protect against any manufacturer issues because they stand behind their products because they know they are built with high expectations. Visit law-terrain.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE to get 10% off your purchase. We sure appreciate Law Terrain joining the Sports Stove 
podcast. We're also sponsored locally by IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. Visit myipm.com if you live in Central Kentucky to get uh, taken care of any of your ants, spiders, centipedes, termites, uh, mice, moles, anything like that. IPM is the place to go. Myipm.com, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. We've got an exciting show for you today. We've been talking NFL over the last several episodes. Uh, Dad is not going to join us tonight, but we are going to be joined by two other guests. Our first guest we're going to bring on is the co-founder of Belly Up Sports, the one and only Mike Brown. Mike, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I I joke around that, you know, most people don't invite me on, so I appreciate you uh, giving me the invite. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't have the boss around too often. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're watching in the office, you know, Michael Scott never gets invited to the party, but he shows up anyways. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you just got to knock on the door. Um, Mike, tell us a little bit about Belly Up. You know, we we promote the the uh, Belly Up Sports, of course, here on the podcast, as we're a part of the podcast network and a part of Belly Up Sports. But tell us a little bit, just kind of the intro into what Belly Up is. And uh, all the excitement that's going on right now in the organization. Yeah, absolutely. So if you followed, if you haven't followed, I'll give you a quick rerun. You know, about uh, three years old, we kind of started it. I mean, really was the the name Belly Up was just kind of a couple of us kind of just throwing some blogs out there, see what kind of stuck. And, and, you know, we kind of got a little traction, added a few podcasts and, and, you know, we had some people sliding in our DMs. I mean, we weren't, there was nothing significant about us, but like, oh, you're just trying to be barstool. It would be funny when you go belly up, like, okay, whatever. So, so, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, we're, uh, we're the ultimate by any means, but you know, we've, we've had some significant growth in that time. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things. We're putting those into play. I know Vince, you've been a big part of, uh, you know, we've talked for a long time about a 24 hour radio network. Uh, we were very fortunate to, to partner with Unhinge just recently to get that rolling. Um, you know, our, our, our website, blogs, all that stuff is kind of a mainstay, but we've really, really focused on the radio, the podcast side. Uh, it's it's given me the opportunity to meet a lot of great people uh, like yourself. You know, I mean, that that maybe kind of like those, those guys are out there because the podcast network is so, uh, you know, watered down, you know, find those diamonds in the rough, kind of get them on the network, give them an opportunity to shine. And I feel like we're doing a good job at that. So so I'm really excited to, to be on your show and uh, just really looking forward to the to the future and, and the things that we continue to to add to the company. Definitely. And, you know, our, for our listeners, we've had lots of other belly up personalities on the program. We've had a number of the podcast hosts and things like that through. In a few minutes, we'll be joined by another podcast host and Michael Neal. And uh, there's such a wide variety on the network right now on Belly Up that you can find. I mean, it's kind of uh, find what fits your fancy to some degree uh, with the podcasts and, of course, all sports podcasts and, and uh, dialing in from stuff from racing to um, wrestling to football, to soccer, to uh, everything in between uh, is there. Uh, talk a little bit more because you're involved with and the Belly Up is involved with um, the uh, the eye racing. Uh, so explain yes. a little bit more about where people can find that at and uh, about that, how the partnership works there. Yeah, actually, we were really blessed in that nature last year. You know, everyone went through COVID. It hit. And, you know, for a sports website, you know, what are you, you going to do? What are you going to cover when there's no active games? Uh, we were actually approached by an up-and-coming iRacing league. And they said, you know, would you be interested in kind of being a, a semi-sponsor? And we're like, yeah, you know, this is great. Um, 
in that downtime too, we also worked with a few professionals that kind of saw us that we were doing a few things with sim racing, did a few sponsorships with them. We were actually featured on NASCAR, uh, NASCAR's um, Instagram, their website and stuff like that. We had a few drivers that we sponsored that actually won some pretty big races in front of about 200,000 uh, live viewers on YouTube. But the the uh, the league we're essentially a sponsor this year now. This is our second year where the the main sponsor is, is Erska. Uh, Johnny Thomas reached out to us. He's the owner of the company, and I had no clue what uh, iRacing was. Uh, I said, you know, who are these people? What are they doing? I said, hey, I mean, we've got nothing to cover. And honestly, to tell you the truth, it's kind of one of those things that it's it's been great for us. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've been able to support them. You know, we've put our sponsors up and, and kind of helped with a lot of different races, but. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's it's not video controlled or you're sitting behind a you know a, a, a rec- or a controller. These guys are literally spending thousands and thousands of dollars on you know state of the art computers, uh, monitors. I mean, they've got real steering wheels, pedals, gearboxes, shifters. I mean, just in general things that uh you know me just telling the way I'm speaking right now. You can tell I'm I'm a noob and I don't know it because I'm sure there's terms for all this stuff, but. <laughs> But I mean, it, it's crazy. And then you see some of these professional drivers that got ten, twelve thousand dollars wrapped up in an entire system, and uh, you know they got the the wraparound monitors and all that stuff. And it's it, it's really crazy. And actually, NASCAR's really adapted to it. A lot of these guys are actually uh, practicing on these sim racers, so it's kind of cool to see it evolve. And, and we were really lucky to have the opportunity to to be a part of Erska. And I can't thank you know Johnny enough. And you know, a lot of our podcasts have jumped in and been sponsors, but. Uh, something definitely outside the box that we really made work and, and we're really appreciative. Awesome. All right. So Mike, we bring you in to talk football tonight, mainly uh, who's, who do you cheer for in the NFL? What's your, your team and how connected are you to that team? Um, do I have to say it out loud? So <laughs> no, uh, I am a lions fan. I am. Uh, I'm definitely connected. I'm one of those, but I'm, I'm, I'm a realist, you know, I'm one of those guys that get excited for the season, watch about two games and same old lines. I mean, I'll still tune in, but my expectations aren't like, Oh, this year it's different. You know, I loved, honestly, I'll be one of the few people that can say, I love the, the Patricia hire a couple of years ago. I thought that was something different. Uh, I thought it was something we needed, but you know, after seeing these star players and, and kind of what was going on in the locker room on the flip side, I'm really excited about this Dan Campbell hire this year. So, uh, so we'll see. I mean, I don't drink the Kool-Aid, but I'm definitely connected to them. Uh, I don't, I grew up not too far. Actually, I mean, I grown up in Ohio, but outside of Toledo. So it wasn't really too far from Detroit to go to the game. So we actually made more trips to Detroit than we did to Cleveland. So, uh, so yes, looking forward to it. Uh, uh, not high expectations, but just in football in general, I think just looking forward to that in general. The Dan Campbell hire was interesting because I looked at it between that one and the Eagles hire. I was kind of like, this just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah. after Campbell got hired, you know, some famous former Lions players came out and supported the hire, which really yeah. surprised me, especially with all the conversation about the need for more minority coaches and things like that. Dan Campbell, just he's an old school coach and didn't seem to fit where everybody else was going. So you said you like the hire, uh, but you still have realistic expectations for him this year. Obviously, the, the roster still needs some some improving. But yes. um, 
the Dan Campbell thing, I, I'm a Packer fan. And so uh, I hear Dan Campbell get up and talk about biting people's kneecaps and things yes. like that. I'm going, what? <laughs> so how long yeah, do you think that kind of style can last? Because we've already seen in Jacksonville, Urban Meyer style is already wearing on players. And New York, Joe Judge's style seems to be wearing on guys. Yes. How long can Dan Campbell's stick work in, in the Detroit? See – I, I, you know, in, in being a, a Buckeye, you know, I love Urban, but I, I mean, we look at, you know, Nick Saban, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to the NFL, you know, those guys. But I think there's just something different. Again, like I said, I understand it. I think it's just refreshing to 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 follow follow the team and see what's happening inside the organization. Players are smiling. I mean, pe- players are talking about they were smiling. They haven't smiled since Patricia was there. They they didn't enjoy it. You know that that in itself you know, speaks a lot, speaks volumes. Um, Dan Campbell played for the Lions, so he played with a lot of those players, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, you know, he he's he's what the – I'm not from Michigan, I'm not from Detroit, but he's what that, that city is built upon, you know, those that blue-collar, hardworking people, and that's exactly what he said. He wants to put that back in the community, and and I, I can appreciate that. But, you know, you can say all the right things, but you can also – the bite in the kneecaps, you know, that's kind of one of those things, you know, sometimes like, okay, but that's his personality. He's not hiding it. You know, he, he's a goofball. Uh, like I said, I, I feel like there's a lot of unproven coaches on his coaching staff, but I feel like he's assembled a pretty good nucleus uh, of coaches uh, between, you know, maybe guys that really haven't proven at least defense coordinators and like, like their, their first full term year, you know, as a defense coordinator or, or different positions, you know, there, there's a lot of, I think a lot of gelling to go on, but I think he's, he's done a good job of really assembling a team, especially when, you know, Detroit's not the sexiest landing place for a lot of people. So, so I think he did a good job looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I was really hoping Rogers was going to just sit this one out for us this year. But uh, I mean, in real reality, you know, we we knew that wasn't happening. So, yeah, I mean, you made a great point. The staff in Detroit is phenomenal. I mean, you look at some of the guys on offense. You got Anthony Lynn, who I absolutely love. It, it didn't work out the way it could have for him out at the Chargers, but I love him. Do Staley comes in, uh, defensive coordinator, his first time. You're right, but it's it's guys with a lot of promise and potential. And it seems like guys that players are going to respond to as well. Yeah. I'm not worried about the lions this year as a Packer fan. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm not worried about anybody in the division as a Packer. Yeah, fan this that year. division. <laughs> no. I think you got about a year or two before it really matters this year. It's, it's the Packers to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Next year when it's Jordan love and Justin Fields, and maybe still Kirk cousins and maybe still Jared Goff, then it'll be a much closer division. Uh, yes. For sure. Let's talk a little bit about some rookie quarterbacks. So I've gone on record uh, over the last two months and said Trey Lance is going to start week one for the 49ers. Um, most people don't agree with me. Everyone, I think, thinks he should, but uh, not necessarily thinks that he will. We know Trevor Lawrence is going to start. We know Zach Wilson is going to start week one. Are there going to be any other quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, starting in week one? I think it was pretty telling this week, which you, you don't see that usually coming out of New England or Belichick, but uh, kind of hearing the news that Belichick kind of went over to him in practice, uh, had a little chat with him, a smile, gave him a high five and walked away. You know, is that sealing the deal for him? I mean, he's looked great. You know, a lot of, a lot of these young guys have actually looked pretty good as of recently, but uh, I, I do think, you know, 
honestly, to tell you the truth, I know we're going to talk about a few things here. Lawrence Fields, obviously, you got those, like you said, Zach Wilson. I think there is a good chance that Mac Jones uh, could start. Uh, but if he doesn't, I think he could really play a role in, in some of the things that we're going to talk about a little later. Hmm. That's a good point. I, you know, I look at San Francisco, and the reason why I say Trey Lance is starting week one is they have never been fully supportive of Jimmy Garoppolo. They are, I say that they've never been fully committed, I guess, to Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think Trey Lance ultimately is just going to be better and then Jimmy Garoppolo is, and they're going to see it as an opportunity for him to play and play in, in the first game. Mac Jones is making an interesting run. We're going to bring in another guest uh, right now, and it is the host of the Behind the Mic podcast, Michael Neal. Hey, Mike, how you doing? What's going on, Steve? How y'all doing? Good. It's Vince, right. but that's all right. I mean, Vince, 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 I'm sorry. I've been called way worse than Steve. My bad, my bad. Yeah, Steve. All right, what an entrance. All right, yeah. Well, we got Mike and Mike now officially on the podcast, so this is the day we've all been waiting for. All right, right, we're talking talking rookie quarterbacks, and uh, I've said Lance, Trey Lance is starting week one, so there'll be three rookie quarterbacks starting in week one. Uh, Mike brought up that Mac Jones is has uh, getting some interesting positivity coming out of New England. Maybe not starting week one, but but definitely going to see the field sometime soon. Uh, how many rookie oh, yeah. quarterbacks do you think are going to start week one? Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. For me, there's definitely two. Uh, so we already heard uh, that Trevor Lawrence is inserted as QB1 for Jacksonville. And I don't know anybody else other than Zach Wilson that's going to start for the Jets. Period. He'll probably start the entire season. Yeah. So the other guys, other than Josh Johnson, I have not even heard of those other quarterbacks. Mike White and James Morgan. I have no <laughs> yeah. idea who they are. And I James going. Morgan. <laughs> James Morgan has a future as a backup okay. quarterback in the NFL. He's not going to ever start. Great He's got a future in the NFL. <laughs> right. <laughs> CFL. But, CFL, uh, XFL, USFL, right, whatever. Right, right. There's there's a place for somebody. <laughs> Most definitely, most definitely. Those guys, that those are the only two. Uh, Mac, I guess until Cam Newton, you know, that tightness in his shoulder comes back, uh, that probably won't happen. Um, Trey Lance, well, I mean, I think he's guaranteed to start at some point this season because Jimmy G is a walking Band-Aid. Um, Justin Fields, we know about him in Chicago. Uh, Andy Dawson, it's my time. But um, eventually – eventually but yeah those two guys yeah definitely most we'll get we'll get to the fields and dalton thing when we talk about coaches getting fired but um uh, dalton you know i like dalton i've been a a believer in dalton as far as being a serviceable nfl quarterback he can he can hold your team i like him better than some other starting quarterbacks in the nfl right now uh but as a packer fan i'm scared to death of justin fields and i want him on the bench as long as possible and uh, my dad says, as long as Matt Nagy's the coach, the Packers will be fine. But uh, nonetheless, um, we'll see how all that goes. Uh, Michael Neal, who just came in and joined us, he is the host of the Behind the Mic podcast. He talks a lot of NFL history. 
Uh, phenomenal podcast. If you like the NFL and football, it's a podcast you got to check out. We'll plug it again at the end. Uh, but excited to have both Michael Neal and Mike Brown with us here today. We're talking the NFL. Let's talk some more quarterbacks. We had uh, a couple announced starters. Trevor Lawrence, my dad said, did you hear the news? I said, what news? He said, Trevor Lawrence got named the starter. I was like, that, that's not news. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> but uh, let's go to Denver. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. I said Teddy Bridgewater was going to win the job the whole time. My dad disagreed with me, but um, that's okay. And uh, uh, let's go up to Belly Up Mike. Uh, tell us Denver's situation. Do you think they made the right decision with uh, Bridgewater, or do you think Locke still has something there? I think they did, and this just shows like Teddy is like the ultimate professional. Everywhere he's gone, you know, there was a a chance that we we thought we'd never see him play again. And look at what he's done. He's gone to these other organizations. He's played. He's played at a high level. And I'm not saying Locke's done. He's still young, but I think there's a huge learning curve that for some reason, like he just can't wrap his mind around. Uh, You see him; he's having fun. Nothing wrong with that. But I think maybe get at getting behind somebody like Teddy, because like I said, he's, he's a professional. I think it could really bode well because it's, it's definitely just a stopgap. You know, he's, he's there for a year or two, you know, kind of get them, but, but really where's Denver, you know, as far as, you know, based off of, you know, they got some young talent, but are they close to a rebuild? You know, they're, I feel like they've been kind of wishy-washy for years, but, but I think they definitely made the right decision there. Uh, I fully supported that. Like you, you were saying, Vince, you know, I thought that was, that was the right decision. Good for him. And I, and I think he'll hold on to the job unless, you know, unless there's an injury or something like that. All right. Behind the mic, uh, tell us what your thoughts are. Is it the right move? Is it the, uh, is it a stopgap move in Denver? As I feel like Teddy has the guy, is the talent to be there for five, six, seven years and actually carry a team if he has the right stuff around him. And Denver has some talent uh, there as well. But give me your thoughts on Bridgewater and Locke. Uh, They obviously they made the right decision. Uh, Although I do look at as as proud as I am as has Teddy come back from that knee injury in Minnesota and bounced around the league a little bit. He showed that he's a guy that you can trust. And Vic Fangio, and yeah, we'll get to those coaches that's going to be fired, but he needs to go with a guy that's going to be – that actually is going to take care of the football. And Drew Locke, for lack of a better way to say it, to me he's like evil Brett Favre. I mean, the guy, he'll he'll try to force something. And as talented as I saw him in Missouri, and you could see a little bit of it uh, with him rapping on the sideline, he, he just oozes confidence. But sometimes yeah. that confidence would get him in trouble. And, you know, what, uh, last year, 57%, he throws, what, 15 interceptions compared to 16 touchdowns. It's only his second year, but if you're going to bring somebody in and, and have someone that you can trust that's not going to turn the football over on a uh, consistent basis, Bridgewater's your guy. Now, understand they were, what, 4-11 and 11 in Carolina up under him, but that team was kind of falling apart at the seams. Um, but you still, in my opinion, you've made the right choice with Bridgewater, uh, as long as he's upright, Denver has a chance. They bring in, you know, guys like Jerry Judy, and they have Noah Fan at tight end. Um, running back is looking a little bit iffy uh, as far as the guys around them. If you're going to have a quarterback that you can trust, this is the guy, you know, to try to get the ball out to these these weapons that they do have and improve that team. Fangio needs to go with that. And he, yep. they made the right decision. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Drew Locke, I, I would consider him a poor man's Baker Mayfield, but an evil Brett Favre fits the, it fits the mold too. It's kind of all the same thing, is it not? So, right. <laughs> uh, you're right. Oozing confidence is not a problem when it comes to, uh, Drew Locke. All right. I want to play a game with you guys. I call it the Denny Greens. They are who we thought they were game. Um, I've got some quarterbacks for you and I want you to tell me if they are who we think they are or if they're going to kind of pull a Josh Allen and all of a sudden have drastic improvement this year where they haven't as this this far. So let's start with the uh, uh, with the Prez, uh, co-founder of Belly Up, Mike. Uh, i got to figure out a way to separate you guys. All right, uh, let's start with Daniel Jones, New York Giants. Daniel Jones, he's got a better team around him this year than he had last year. He's a turnover machine. Is he who we think he is, or is he going to improve? No, he's – I just can't – there's nothing exciting about the Giants team, even with them getting Galladay. And, and, I mean, even Saquon coming off injury, like there's just nothing uh, – you know, I mean, they've had a, a great tight end, not to get too far away from the quarterback situation, but like Ingram, you know, he's never performed. I just feel like he's exactly what we thought there. I don't think he's going to make any giant leaps. You know, there's nothing nothing that should really shock us going forward. Now, Mike, you are an Eagles fan, right? Behind the mic, Mike. Oh, no, oh. I'm Steelers. Steelers yeah, fan. Steelers, Sorry, Steelers. I got the right yeah, state. Yeah. got the right state. Okay. Eastern Pennsylvania. Okay. Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So having nothing to do with the Steelers, Daniel Jones, what do you think about him? Is he who we, th- who we think he is, or does he still have a chance to shoot up like Josh Allen did last year? This is difficult because I was born along, even though I'm not a Giants fan, I have no dog in that fight. I was born to pick like everybody else. Um, God, I, Mike, I actually agree with him, but I still hold that hope. So and right now, until he and Jason Garrett, I, I'm sure he's 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 not sleeping very well, seeing some of the things that he's going to have to deal with. Uh, yeah, you get Saquon back, but you saw as soon as that dude went down, that offense was, yeah. You know, he, I mean, he's sneaky athletic. People don't realize that. And that helps. That really does yes. help. And that's, I guess, the little little bit that gives me a little bit of hope. But And Galladay's overpaid. Sorry, Lions fans. He's overpaid. Giants fans. Yeah, I know. I'm good with it. I'm a Lions you know fan. I mean? We got shipped him out, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the, he, he is exactly, at this point, he is exactly what we thought he was going to be. He's not the guy that's going to carry the load. The Giants got hurt on draft day. Um, they didn't get the receiver they wanted. They ended up taking Kadarius Tony later in the first round. Mm-hmm. I did not like Kadarius Tony. Did not think that was a smart pick for them. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but uh, I hold out a little bit of hope with a healthy Saquon that the Giants team will push at least in the division. I still don't think the division's super strong, um, so that gives them a little bit of hope. But that doesn't mean that Daniel Jones is great at the same time. Right. I agree. <laughs> so when I say not super strong, that got a reaction, Mike. <laughs> I'm just saying you can win that division under 500, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good division. We'll get to more of those guys. Actually, we'll keep on staying in that division. Uh, the Denny Green, we thought who they were. Uh, they, we thought they are who we thought they were, Gabe. Now moves on to Washington and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I am a, and, and sounds bad. I'm an anti Ryan Fitzpatrick guy. I think his ceiling is eight wins. I think that he will not take his team to the playoffs. And I think there were better options for Washington to move forward this year than Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
Now, other people disagree with me. Some people do. But uh, Mike Neal, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, is he who we think he is? Or is he going to all of a sudden this year lead the team to the promised land? So he's been playing for how many years? <laughs> and Too many. He's, exactly. And he's picked a couple wins out of that beard how many times? And so that, that's that's the ceiling. That That's the ceiling. You know he's good. He He's he's what I like to call different quarterbacks. He's duct tape. He's there to hold it together until somebody actually comes wrong. It's just like going back to Denver as much as I like Teddy and the potential of Drew Locke. The real quarterback's not in the room. Same thing in, mm-hmm. in Washington. Football team, Taylor Heineke, okay, that was fun for a playoff game, whatnot. That, that was fun to watch. Um, and, of course, Fist Magic is going to pull something out of that beard for a little while, but then it's going to be the, the norm. The second half of the season is going to go just like all the years before. And I could probably, like, close my eyes and point to a team and say, yeah, he did it for the Dolphins. Oh, he did it for the Bills. Oh, he did it here in Nashville for the Titans. He is exactly what you think he is. This many years, it's not changing. He's not right. changing. Mike Brown? I, I I feel the same way he is, exactly what we thought he is, but but I don't necessarily think that's, like, a bad thing with him because you kind of alluded to it, Vince, like, he'll get you to the playoffs, but you don't expect him really to win the playoffs. So it's like, you know, he's kind of settled in at that. He's competitive. He'll get you the wins. But, I mean, Mike said it too. I mean, there's what what – I mean, I think Washington really dropped the ball there because what options do they have? They don't even have like a future in that in that room. There's no future for quarterback. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's gonna definitely he's what you expect, but he may be a, a little higher level of it. But you're gonna get what you expect. He's not gonna win you a Super Bowl. Maybe get you to the playoffs, but you know it's gonna be interesting because that's that's actually a good team with a good defense. That you know maybe he's a great leader, but where's it go after this year or next year? There's nobody in that quarterback room. I, I like that, Mike. I like that. I like everything about Washington except for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, their defense is incredible. They've got just uh, some amazing talent on the defense. They got some really good weapons on offense too. I love Terry McLaurin. He's one of my favorite receivers out there right now. Um, Gibson played great last year at running back. So they got stuff there. I really thought it would have been a perfect landing spot for Andy Dalton. Um, again, not thinking Andy Dalton's yeah. going to win a Super Bowl there, but I thought he could win a division there. Uh, at, at the least. Um, all right, let's take a trip to Detroit now. Jared Goff, is he who we think he is? He he earned a big contract, and then he went back down to what everybody thought he was uh, after that. So let's start with the resident Lions fan, Mike Brown. Jared Goff, is he is he who we think he is, or is he going to all of no, a sudden it, it, show up? I say I literally just had this conversation with you saying that I don't drink the Kool-Aid, I don't get too far ahead of myself. <laughs> Huge Stafford guy. You know, I think Stafford's got the weight of the world on him this year because he's got to prove that now he's in a better situation. But I think golf, like, he doesn't have to prove anything this year. And I think we saw, I mean, him take a team to the Super Bowl. Granted, it's a lot better than the Lions are now. But I think there is there is a flash. There is a hope. And this is not a Homer Lions fan, although I hope, you know, obviously. But I really do think they're they're treating this as – he is the future of the Lions franchise because he's still young. Yeah, he's we're paying him a lot. You know, that has a lot to do with it too. Not many weapons around him, so we'll see outside of Swift, you know, and Hawkinson. But I do think that 
I don't think he'll take the leap like you know, and uh, Josh Allen or those guys, but I think he could definitely win your Super Bowl. And I know win you a Super Bowl and Detroit Lions do not go hand in hand, but we'll we'll, we'll see. It's not going to happen this year, but I do think there's a lot more. I think he can definitely play outside of that we thought who he was, you know, type deal. Sure, Michael Neal. I'm going to keep this short. Uh, we did have a discussion about this on my job, as a matter of fact, about Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. Um, I'm just going to say it like this. They do not – the best quarterback that the Lions have ever had this side of Bobby Lane is in L.A. Yeah. So – and as much as I like Jared Goff and I, I, I don't trust him as much, and it really falls back to – Sean McVay literally having to keep the training wheels off to the last second before that radio went out into in that helmet. After that Super Bowl year, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it kind of it kind of went down after that, and he had a little bit more. You know, it took they look at least took one wheel off mm-hmm. to let him roll a little bit. Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And he and and like Mike said, I mean, there, there's flashes there where he can complete a pass on a consistent basis. But at the same time, he's not a dude, especially seeing the weapons or the non weapons that, yeah. that they don't that they don't have the same guys that mm-hmm. that L.A. had even after you know it being a little bit depleted and no more Todd Gurley and guys like that. Uh, and definitely, this is the biggest thing for me. Any co- uh, quarterback, for me, it's all about the coach if you have a defensive head coach and this guy the knee biter himself uh dan campbell (laughs) if if this guy doesn't have the offensive coordinator that can get this guy to to either not just maintain what he did in in la but to ascend it's probably not going to work it's not going to get any better and definitely staff is going to have way better coaching on the offensive side when he goes, in, you know, with, with the Rams, I'm not sure about Jared Goff. So I think that he is what, what we think he I think, honestly, this first season with Detroit will really show us where he is. And I think if that, don't look at the first half of the season, look at the last half when they've already seen him in that offense, when he's already had some reps, when he's gotten hit. And there's some injuries to go along with that on both sides of the ball. Then we'll see the, what Jared Goff is really made of. Jared Goff, you talked about talent. Both of you talked about the talent that's there in Detroit or the lack thereof. And coaching, you know, you look at the system that was run in, in L.A. It's the same system basically that's been run in San Francisco and Green Bay, what's going to be run in New York this year for the Jets. And you look at that system and how effective it's been and how it's allowed the quarterbacks to play out of their mind in many cases. Atlanta, when they went to the Super Bowl, was running that system. And you look at it and – even though golf had his one Super Bowl year, he didn't seem to get better in the system as most of the quarterbacks have. You could argue Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't either. So, um, you know, so we'll see. I, I like Jared Goff to some degree. Um, 
you know, they're going to have to give them some pieces because, you know, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson's not enough uh, to, to survive uh, at that position for sure. All right, we're gonna we're gonna transition. Same game still, but a little different, I think, level of player, and that is Carson Wentz. Uh, the main thing on Wentz is he can't stay healthy. In his best season, his what would have been MVP season, uh, that ultimately ended in, a, in an Eagles Super Bowl. Carson Wentz wasn't there in the end because of injury. Now he gets injured early on with the Colts, but he's back at practice already. And he's and he is the key piece, I think, to Indianapolis season. But is Carson Wentz who we think he is, or is he going to now take another step forward that we haven't seen in a couple of years from him? Mike Neal, let's start with you. Personally, I think he's going to uh, get better. Get that injury stuff out of the way now, Carson. Please, you know <laughs> I, the, the guy is talented. He's shown that he's talented. Yeah, it, it's not a whole lot of question there. If the guy can actually stay healthy, that's to me that's the number one thing. Frank Wright, they got something there. They they have pieces there. They have young pieces um, in the backfield. They have young pieces on the wings. And the, the defense should improve now around here. I'm not, I'm, I may be a Steelers fan. I don't necessarily hope the best for the Indianapolis Colts because uh, I support the Titans here. Um, but I think that the guy can actually get better. Uh, and it's just really going to depend on his health. When the guy's healthy, he's fine. He's got uh, plenty ahead of him. He's got some years ahead of him. It's still early. What's he in his fourth, uh, going into his fifth year? Something he's, like that. Yeah, I can't remember all right off the top of my head, but he's got some time in front of him. If he can stay healthy, I think he actually can get better. All right, Mike Brown. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've always been back and forth. We got a lot of Eagles fans that are that are here building up, so I like to give them a hard time. Um, but I, I think he he is the opposite. I, I think we've seen what he could potentially do, which is – you know, I keep going back to Josh Allen, you know, Josh Allen comparables and stuff like that. You know, you don't want to say that because of injuries, they can't be successful, but that's kind of where his career has been. It was the same thing with Stafford the first few years, you know, he was, he couldn't be healthy. And then all of a sudden he's like an iron man. So, you know, I, you know, you're going into a great situation. The Colts, they, they've had a pretty significant, uh, or they have had, had pretty good defense. Uh, they've been consistent. They got Jonathan Taylor that they can really, rely on so I think that'll help take the load off him and I think he he is probably so far one of those people that uh you know I think there's a lot more expectations and I I wouldn't say that you know it is what it is you know kind of write him off I I think he is one of those guys that could definitely play up to to those standards of the NFL uh you know I mean that uh, MVP season you know I think that's the body of work he can put up uh it's just all about staying healthy but I know that really doesn't have anything to do with that so so definitely uh I could see him being one of those guys that could really outperform what what people expect, I guess. Yeah, I think a change of scenery can help him a lot this year and kind of reset his career to some degree. I love Jonathan Taylor. Oh, my goodness. I loved him in the draft. I loved him in his rookie season, um, and that's going to help. And the receivers college. are good. Yeah, yeah. He was great <laughs> yeah. all the way around. All right, let's go to Nashville now and Ryan Tannehill. I am the probably the biggest anti-Titan out there. I grew up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, just south okay. of Nashville. Okay. Uh, me and Dad, we'd go to we'd go to a Titan, at least oh, one right. Titans game a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved Keith Bullock, Samari Roll, those guys, Steve okay. McNair, that kind of. Okay. Those guys. I did not like Jeff Fisher, and uh, but anyways, that's all in the past. 
And let's get to the current day Titans. I think the Titans are going to have a down year and still win the division. Uh, how weird is that? But uh, nonetheless, they bring in Julio Jones. They got A.J. Brown. They got Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a decent defense. Ryan Tannehill has been all of a sudden lifted up as this guy that is, you could put him on any team out there, it seems like they talk about. And, boy, he yeah. would be just as good. Um, <laughs> I like Ryan Tannehill. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just don't think he's that great. <laughs> so, right. um, so instead of asking, is he who you think he is, is he, uh, what do you think Ryan Tannehill is? Let's start with the guy in Nashville, Mike Neal. Okay. So I think, okay. So I have to start here because a guy who was a wide receiver in college, then he actually comes to the NFL and is actually an effective passer as a quarterback, even though he was on some questionable teams with Miami. And then he comes here with the Tennessee Titans and pretty much gets a lot better. Um, I think that the guy really is who who he is at this point. And I'm not saying that he can't get any better. I don't think he's going to get any worse. Um, Arthur Smith. While he was here, and I'm, I warned Titans fans the day that he decided to go off to Atlanta, y'all might miss him a lot. But then at the same time, this new guy, Todd Downing, he was the tight ends coach here, and he pretty much knows the system. So you're not falling off. We'll just see what kind of decisions that this guy makes with Tannehill as well as Derrick Henry and all the rest. And you got your new toy in Julio Jones. Nice little swap. But as long as Julio stays healthy. So – Tanny Hill, he's a guy that has that athleticism. Funny, we're talking about these quarterbacks, and all of them have that one thing that they're able to take off, run, and pick up a first down here and there, but they can actually throw the football a little bit too. We don't have to rely around here. They don't have to rely on this guy to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. And you definitely don't rely on this guy or or think of him as a guy that's going to tuck the football and run all the time. He's a... uh, He's a quarterback that just controls the offense. That's what he is. Nothing bad about that. Nothing great about that, but nothing bad. And they have the right team that's built around this guy, and I think that it will not change um, anytime soon. He is what he is. I- I'm fine with it. I'm fine with what he is. That's, that's right. me. That's my two cents. <laughs> All right. Mike Brown, your thoughts on Ryan Tannehill? It's it's. Fitting how you followed Ryan Tannehill up after Wentz because I feel like Tannehill is a poor man Wentz when Wentz is healthy. Uh, it, it's all about you know I mean we see these guys they change you talked about change of scenery for Wentz you know that's perfect. Tannehill went there it was a change of scenery different coach staff different variables around him but I think you know I mean I don't I mean yeah like like you said Vince win the division you know but I don't think I mean the Browns gave him a hell of a run you know I mean the Browns did that to the Chiefs too but I mean you know I I think it is kind of what you get from him there's talent there's I was going to talk about that transition too I mean it's very unheard of to have a you know a, a wide receiver walk into the NFL and be be able to be a you know a QB1 and, and pretty pretty effective so I think he's he's in a great situation I I don't think you're going to I don't think he's going to take you over to promised land but the, it's actually Ryan put that question up. And I was going to say, you know, after the season, when they make the playoffs, you know, Mike Vrabel and those guys, you know, okay, are we satisfied making the playoffs? You know, how how are we going to look at this? You know, I don't even know what the rest of the, I don't even know the rest of the QBs on that team, you know, what they, what they have, but I think you kind of, you kind of have what you have. There's, there's nothing, uh, 
I don't think there's nothing to get excited about. I don't think you're going to win a Super Bowl, unfortunately. But And I will say that I think uh, Julio Jones leaving Atlanta is definitely going to uh, really start to kind of – you're going to see Julio really decline a, a lot. Interesting. So the Ryan Tannehill comment is getting a little bit of buzz right now. Ryan McCarthy <laughs> says if Tannehill has a down year, even with Julio – the Titans draft to QB. I don't think he's going to have that bad of a year where they're going to go, we got to go find another quarterback. I just don't think he's going to be promoted to elite status. I put him above Andy Dalton, um, below Carson Wentz, kind of in that, you know, you talked about a poor man's Carson Wentz, kind of in that cat. I don't think he's a horrible quarterback, but I think this year the expectations are so high in Tennessee that they're not going to meet those expectations. Yes. And Julio, as great as Julio is, one of the greatest of all times, there's a reason why Atlanta was okay with him leaving. And, yes. and they respected yeah. him. They love him, I think. But it's kind of like – it's not like in Green Bay where they're like, well, yeah, we're okay. We'll let Aaron Rodgers go. No, they're like, no, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback maybe underneath Patrick Mahomes currently playing at his current level. Yeah. Um, but – Nonetheless, it's there. Then we had another comment uh, from Graham Wallace, uh, who says Ryan Tannehill's 2019 was one of the best seasons by QB in the last 10 years, in his opinion. Good seasons can come from good players. Great teams win Super Bowls, and uh, the Titans, I don't think, are a great team at least. And I don't think that Tannehill's the one that gets them there uh, either. Um but you can go back and listen to my AFC South preview episode to hear all my thoughts on Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. It was funny. We were talking with uh, my dad was on with me and I was, I was just, man, I was just piling on the Titans. And then I looked at my win total form and I was like, actually, I'm winning the division. But, uh, <laughs> but that's because Wentz was hurt. And I thought, well, the Colts will, you know, they'll be right real close. But anyways, nonetheless, that, that's where it is. Uh, let's talk about some more quarterbacks. We're no longer playing the Denny Green. They are who we thought they were, uh, game. Um, but with, we got an Eagles, uh, uh, quarterback this year that I loved coming out of the draft in Jalen Hurts. I was a big fan. I said he was a, not Deshaun Watson talent, but that kind of guy that can come in, build your locker room, be a leader on and off the field. He's a winner. And uh, and now I've kind of got him smack dab in the middle between Deshaun Watson and Tim Tebow where the leadership and the winning is there, but is he good enough to be an NFL starting quarterback, especially at this stage in his career? So Mike Brown, Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback in Philadelphia this year. There's been talks about them acquiring Deshaun Watson, but even if they do, Who's to say Deshaun Watson's going to play this year? What do we expect out of Jalen Hurts this year? I think, I mean, the, the national media and, and in Philadelphia, I think Philadelphia was so harsh to Carson Wentz that they just wanted to scapegoat. And, but then I saw, you know, oh, Jalen Hurts isn't any better. You know, it was the, the coaching staff that really screwed this up. Well, you know, you can't blame it on anybody else now. You either embrace Jalen Hurts or you don't, you know. And I think there's – I think there's a lot of pressure on him, but I think he's handling. I mean, you look at the, you look at all the way back to college. You, you look at Alabama to him going to Oklahoma. I mean, you're talking about the best thing that could happen to that locker room. Um, you know, granted, we we talked a little earlier about uh, their coaching staff. You know, you kind of scratch your head on some of the things that their their uh, head coach has said, but I think there's a lot of hype around him. I think there's a lot of pressure on him, but I think the type of person he is, it, it's he'll embrace that. And I think he will do well. You know, he's got his guy now, you know, he, they drafted Vontae Smith, you know, so, you know, he's got that. Um, and, you know, 
you know, some of those those main key guys that we thought maybe were gone, uh, Ertz, you know, tight end, you know, he's a locker room guy. You know, he may not be the starter, but I think in general those things all bode well for him. So I'm really excited to actually see him in his second season, you know, to really kind of let him loose. And, and there is some upside as far as talent around them. So it's going to be interesting to see. But but I, I drafted him in one of my fantasy leagues. My I got a flex league. Uh, he was my second quarterback take, and I was excited to get him. So, All right, Michael Neal, Jalen Hurts. Okay, so I'm not sure yet on Jalen Hurts. Um, again, you have a brand new head coach in Nick Serrani. Uh, you have a, uh, I, I'm hoping I'm saying this guy's name, right. He was the offensive quarterback or the quarterbacks coach, uh, that was in with, with the, the LA chargers that helped Josh, uh, excuse me, Justin Jared Herbert. Goff. Oh, just uh, Herbert. talking about Justin Herbert, Shane St- uh, Steichen. I'm hoping I'm saying his name, right. The new, <laughs> Offensive coordinator there with Philadelphia. Again, for me, it's all about the coaches. We'll see how these guys actually work with Jalen Hurts. And then you bring in Devontae Smith to go with Greg Ward and a couple of the guys, you know, on that offense, which is not something to really write home about. Um, That can either make or break a quarterback, depending on the situation, not just coaching, but even the team that surrounds him. And I believe the stuff that he went through between Alabama and Oklahoma had got him mentally tough. And then what was it? The last game of the season last year. And, <laughs> and they pull him at the last, what are you doing? Yeah. So that's the reason why I'm just going to say that guy's not the head coach in Philly anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you have so, so many different things that this guy's had to go through. And I think being mentally tough is the first thing he was going to have to be. We want, I want to see if this guy, can improve as a passer in his decision making. So we'll we'll I'm kind of on a wait and see thing with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, I, although I love the talent, so many talented quarterbacks mm-hmm. that can do both. They can run a little bit and they can throw a little bit. It's just, I, I guess that's kind of the theme of today's show. But you have a lot of these guys who are talented on both ends. But the one thing you have to do in a passing league is be able to complete a pass on a consistent basis. Even Lamar Jackson has to do that. As yeah. great as he is in the MVP that he won, was the playoff victories? One. So you got to do better than that. You have to yeah. do better than that. And so I'm, I'm looking to see if this coaching staff is going to be able to do this year what last year's did not. And it's good to have a fresh voice to go with another fresh face in a city, you know, with a guy going into his second year. He's clearly QB1. I know you have Joe uh, Flacco in there for insurance <laughs> and Nick Mullins. So if he makes the team, uh, we'll see what happens. I like Jalen Hurts, but I want to see how what, what the plan is for this man going forward, Just at least just this season. Yeah, yeah. The system is everything in Philadelphia. What kind of system are they going to run? Are they going to put him in a position to succeed? Is Jalen Rager going to play up to his draft draft potential? Um, you know, you got Smith in there as well. Uh, decent run game with Miles Sanders. So there's yeah. there's some pieces yeah. there. They're not a great team for sure. And uh, and I personally think the division's getting harder. Um, last year it was absolutely horrendous, but nonetheless, um, it is there. I'm I'm interested too. I I keep seeing Jalen Hurts so high up on fantasy football uh, draft boards. They're saying he's top 10, top 12. So they're going, how? 
Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a guy coming on Tuesday's episode. He wrote an article for Belly Up Sports. Joel's going to come on and talk and try to defend himself for putting Jalen Hurts in the top 12. Um, but uh, <laughs> I just don't get it. And I like Jalen Hurts. I like him a lot. But I just don't, I don't see it at least. But maybe the coaching staff is better than I anticipate them being. Maybe they put the right system in place, and maybe the Eagles succeed. Uh, another Alabama quarterback is Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, he was incredibly disappointing last year. Couldn't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Was handed the job, um, kind of. <laughs> they pull him out. They brought in Fitzpatrick as the closer, and then uh, and, and let Tua play the rest of the game. But um, I've been down on Tua all this offseason. I've said I just don't see that he's got it in him. A lot of people disagree with me. They say no. Now that he's got the whole year under his belt, he's learned, he's he's refocused or actually tried to focus, and and he's going to be better and everything like that. Uh, Michael Neal, give me your thoughts on Tua, because I think the Dolphins maybe one of the better coach teams in the league, some talent there as well, but Tua's kind of the hit or miss at this point for him. I actually I'm gonna be pretty short on this one. Um I, I'm this is this is me with Tua. I'm just sitting with my arms folded, <laughs> waiting to see what he actually does. Yeah. Uh yeah, they won 10 games, they barely missed the playoffs. Brian Flores, I think he is a great coach who's building a really good uh staff and team. Um, but the 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 proof is going the proof is always gonna be in what I'm gonna see on Sunday. And again, like I said about uh, another quarterback earlier in the show. I want to see his second half and not just his first half. Uh, Tua is he has he improved in his decision making as a passer? That's all I really want to see. That's basically all I want to see. Mike Brown, your thoughts on Tua? Uh, I think expectations should be low on him this year. You know, last year, like you said, he, he could have beat out Fitzpatrick, uh, Fitzmagic, as they want to say. You know, and this year he's hand. Oh, we're losing Mike in position you know you're not getting uh you know a whole lot so so i i'm i don't have high hopes for him this year all right very good all right let's let's see we got just a couple minutes left uh, i want to talk two more things real quick let's talk mvp predictions for the year um at the moment patrick mahomes is kind of at the top of that uh the odds uh for mvp i'll give you the four guys that i like you guys can give me your thoughts on them and your own thoughts on who MVP would be. I love Matt Stafford's potential for MVP this year. Um, he's going to be put in a situation where he can win. And if he does win, I think it just, it, the story writes itself. Great guy, um, long standing guy in the NFL, one of the top stats guys in the league over the years. Um, I like Dak Prescott's odds as well. And Dallas, if he stays healthy, the Dallas offense should be phenomenal. Josh Allen's kind of an obvious guy that a lot of people are looking at this year. Then my dark horse is Jameis Winston in New Orleans. Uh, I, man, I'm telling you, I think Jameis is going to have a great year this year. Uh, so those are the four guys I'm kind of watching for MVP uh, this year. Mike Brown, let's go with you, your MVP thoughts this year. I just – I don't know if you guys can hear me. I'm, I'm cutting in and out yeah. here, but – uh. I, oh, yeah. I, uh, I got a, I know Vince is going to love this, but, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I just think there's something to be said with, with how, how everything happened this year. And he's just one of those guys that he doesn't need anything and he's just going to come in and light the world on fire. And, and I firmly stand behind that, especially being a Lions fan. It sucks, but, uh, you know, they play us <laughs> twice. So he's going to get probably half his votes right there playing two games against the Lions. So easy peasy. All right. Mike Neal. I mean, I like Josh Allen, but I, I had to go with the State Farm twins, Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Personally, I think it's going to be Mahomes. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Aaron 
after everything that happened over the offseason, did win it. Um, but Mahomes, to me, is, I guess you could say, the safe bet. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't see him falling off. I, I just I just don't see any change unless someone of significance gets hurt a little earlier in the season. Yeah, Kansas City, their offensive line, they've got eight starters on the offensive line right now. And they're starting a sixth-round rookie in Trey Smith at guard who was the top recruit coming out when he came to Tennessee uh, and just never really got going in college because of injury, had the blood clot issue yeah. and different things. And the coaching staff was horrible in Tennessee. Yes. Trey Smith gets drafted. I'm so glad that he did. And he's won the starting job in Kansas City. Uh, so shout out to Trey Smith uh, for there. All right, coaches that are getting fired. I've got three that I think are getting fired and two that I think might get fired. Um, last year, I said Vic Fangio and Mike Zimmer and Matt Nagy were all going to get fired. They should have been. They weren't. They're going to get fired this year. Those are my three, Fangio, Nagy, and Zimmer. Um, I'll, I'll get my other two in a minute. Uh, Mike Neal, uh, what coaches do you think are most likely to get fired at the end of this season? All right, two, most definitely. One, Matt Nagy, Chicago Bears. <laughs> three years, uh, he's had some – Difficulty with quarterbacks, uh, Trubiscuits, uh, Chase Daniel, Nick Foles was supposed to be the savior. They ain't bringing Andy Dalton as a safe uh, haven, and then they draft Justin Fields. He's not going to be. He's going to be one of those coaches that is not around to see that rookie actually get good. He's going to be gone after this year. That's my personal opinion. Vic Fangio, 12 and 20, his first two years, it's not happening. Um, they're not making the playoffs. They're not going to be over 500. Honorable mention, I have Zach Taylor. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals. Uh he's he's six and twenty-five, six twenty-five and one in his first two years. He's not gonna see the best years of Joe Burrow. And then I have one more category, the mutual parting of ways. That's gonna be Mike Zimmer, because they have yet to do what they've built these teams in Minnesota to do, which is at least get to a Super Bowl. And then there's Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. He is definitely duct tape. He's there for show only. And Jerry Jones is going to be eating a biscuit on the next episode of Hard Knocks. And this dude is going to be home watching. So <laughs> next year. So th- those, right. those are mine. Those are mine. All right. Mike Brown, coaches that are getting fired. I, I think there's probably about eight of them that are on the hot seat. But I'm going to have to go with Nagy. <laughs> Nagy, uh, I, I had Zimmer on there, Fangio, but I think just based off the Texan situation, I think David Culley could be up there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know that doesn't, it, it's it's not his fault what's going on, but I think that anytime something like that happens with a star and you can't perform, you know, there's got to be someone they point the finger at. And, you know, so I think he could be on the hot seat there, but but I think we are, we're in agreement on a lot of those. You know, I had, uh, you know, Gruden, that could be a name up there. You know, I know he's been he's, – he's kind of flirted. Did we lose him again? He was talking about John Gruden, and I'm there with him. John yeah. Gruden and Zach Taylor were the other two guys I had that were questionable. If Zach Taylor doesn't win mm-hmm. nine games this year, he's probably in trouble. Yeah. Uh, if John Gruden – his contract is just so rich – um, you know, they're going to be paying all kinds of money, but, uh, Gruden has, has plenty of future, uh, going on there in TV if he wants to as well. All right. We're coming up on the end of our time here and we got to get off for the next unhinged radio listeners, uh, uh program as well. Mike, uh, came in a little late, so we had, didn't give you a chance to introduce yourself. 
tell the fine folks where they can find you on social media, where they can find your podcast, and give us like a quick rundown of what your podcast is behind the mic. Basically, behind the mic is about NFL history. So, and it's not for those. It's, it's a a podcast is not for those historians. It's for those who don't know as much. And so you come to my podcast just to learn something. And you can find it, of course, it's just all audio right now. It's on all of the major pl- po- my, uh, major podcasting platforms. You have iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Stitcher, uh, Apple, as well as Spotify. So you can listen to that show on all those platforms and uh Come learn something with me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Behind the Mic and also on uh, IG, Instagram. You can find me there as well. So I do have a Facebook page, but I'm honestly, I really don't have a whole lot of use for my Facebook page yet. <laughs> I know people like Twitter and they love Instagram. So, yeah. At yeah behind I- the Mic. It's a great podcast. I'm a listener. I listen on Apple Podcasts and uh, absolutely love it. Uh, and I consider myself to be pretty knowledgeable about about the NFL, but I admit I've learned a lot listening to the podcast. Uh, it's a great podcast that moves along really well, and uh, so it's awesome. Uh, Mike, thank you for Appreciate being on it. with us. Uh, Mike Brown is currently frozen, but uh, you can follow him on Twitter at mbrown. Uh, A-H? O-H? O-H-2-1, like Ohio, yeah. M. Brown, O-H-2-1, there on Twitter. And, of course, we appreciate Mike Brown being the co-founder of Belly Up Sports, and that does a lot for us. We sure appreciate him being on uh, with us as well. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, We're getting ready to go to a meeting with Mike. So uh, uh, here we go. He says, sorry, guys, it wouldn't be a show unless it got kicked for the Internet. So (laughs) So there it is. All right, Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being with us. We surely enjoyed it. We'll get you on again uh, sometime here in the future. No problem, Steve. (laughs) Thanks, man. Have a good one. That'd be good. All right. All right, that's a great conversation talking football with Mike and Mike. Uh, they are sure appreciate it. I want to remind you about our sponsors, Law to Rain. You can find their watches and accessories at law-tourain.com. Use the code SPORTSTOVE. You get 10% off your purchase. They've got incredible watches. They actually just dropped a new watch that you can pre-order right now. And uh, so make sure you go to law, L-A-Tourain, T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E, Dot com. You can find all this information on my Twitter at, at Sports Stove. Uh, but use the code Sports Stove to get 10% off your purchase. Also, if you live locally in Central Kentucky, make sure you visit MyIPM.com. IPM Pest and Termite is Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. If you're having ants, spiders, centipedes, or any other pest, make sure you get a hold of IPM. You can find them online, MyIPM.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove Podcast. We do have another episode dropping next week. Tuesday night we'll be live and uh, talking some more football. Then on Wednesday, September the 1st, we drop the first ever Sports Stove Local Hour where we cover Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky athletics. We have an interview with Eastern Kentucky head football coach Walt Wells. We also have an interview with Louisiana Monroe's head football coach Terry Bowden, the legendary Bobby Bowden's son. Uh, he'll be playing against Kentucky in week one of the college football season. So make sure that'll be podcast only. So make sure you subscribe to the Sports Stove podcast wherever you get your podcast. Big thanks to Mike Brown and Michael Neal for joining us today. And until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.